philanthropic context for fundraising. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Dr. Dwight Burlingame and by Pat Danahy Janin. They are the co-authors of Chapter 5 of Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the new fifth edition, that chapter called The Philanthropic Context for Fundraising. Dr. Burlingame, of course, a founding father of philanthropic studies in the United States and across the world in what eventually became the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Pat is an emerging scholar, especially in the area of the environment. And while there are four co-editors to the book, Pat, as managing director, really kept our work together, kept our process organized, and is the key reason we were able to get the book across the finish line. And Dwight and Pat, it's an absolute delight to be with you to discuss this chapter in Achieving Excellence in Fundraising. Pat, I want to start with you. You know, the, the rest of the book, this is chapter five, the rest of the book starts diving into techniques. In fact, Dwight has a, a chapter he co-authored that I was fortunate to be with on fundraising from the business sector, right? But before we get to the techniques, we have this chapter to help people understand kind of a big picture context, help our listeners and viewers understand the key theme of this chapter, please. Right. So this chapter, uh, thanks, Bill. This chapter uh, really sets up some important elements that uh, fundraisers really need to keep in mind. They are part of a context. They are part of an economic context. They are part of a social context and a political context. And all of those contexts are going to affect the way resources are directed either towards or po possibly away from their cause and their organization. So it is really important for fundraisers to, who are very busy people and who really have a lot of work to do, but they need to, to be attentive to the state of the economy. They need to be attentive to the social issues that are at hand that are really coming up to the forefront. Um, they need to be attentive to social dissatisfaction, to understand where perhaps resources might be redirected if, it, if their cause is not concerned. Um, and finally, they need to pay attention to what's happening with politics and also, uh, very importantly, how philanthropy is being talked about in politics as well. Philanthropy can face challenges. Philanthropy um, can have criticisms, philanthropy can have failures, and they just need to be aware of that and understand where they sit within that context. And as fundraisers, of course, we're very interested in our nonprofit, our nonprofit's cause, public service mission, and then our fundraising plan and the metrics to achieve that fundraising plan. But this chapter reminds us to remain aware of that broader context in which we're working, the philanthropic sector, and how the philanthropic sector intersects with government, with business, with society, with culture. And Dwight, one of those areas is the continual evolution of technology. Your longstanding expertise has seen so many changes in this regard, right? From the fundraising letter, to the email, to social media, to cryptocurrency, just the timeless march of technology uh, over time. What do you see in terms of technology and uh, you know, how is that one of the key contexts for fundraisers to be aware of? Uh, thank you, Bill. Yes, um, when one looks at the past history and you think of the 65 years that Giving USA was uh, presented, what was happening annually, and uh, now we have moved into an area where there are more than gifts from 
uh, donors to charities, that is 501c3s in the United States, charitable gifts. There are many other ways than the traditional way that you thought you made a gift that counted, okay? So we have this wonderful news source that allows you to do that. Um, and it is on the uh, urban um, website and it's called Giving Dashboard, Urban Institute in Washington, DC. So you can just go to that and look it up. It's uh, free and you get all these different trends that are affecting. So you'll see even in this chart, something like political giving and how it has changed. It's moved from you know, 2004 as an example of about 2 billion to uh, uh, the last uh, presidential election, it was up at $10 billion spent on political giving. This has been an increase over the last two years uh, uh, of you know, like 69% or something. But this is all told to you in this chart. It gives a wonderful uh, uh, place to look, to see what's going on and see where your organization may not have uh, used or been in touch with people uh, in a particular category of giving. Uh, so that's one. And so the, uh, the internet has further caused us to ask the question, how do we as a smaller organization or even as a larger organization use the digital platforms to help mm -hmm. us in our fundraising? So we have an excellent organization uh, example in every.org, the word every.org, which allows the nonprofit to uh, receive assets uh, that they might not be able to otherwise receive, which is a, something like cryptocurrency, for example, um, and uh, donor advised funds, finding out about what people are setting up donor advised funds in their local community foundation or other kind of um, uh, federated kind of fundraising uh, area. And uh, so this will be uh, really helpful in building connections. So building a um, organization that will allow you, that is on this platform, allows you to connect and find out who is giving to organizations like yourself. So it's really an important way to build your fundraising program and talking with individuals and organizations that are interested in your cause. Uh, whether it's a nonprofit or whether it is a uh, donor advised fund, whether it's a you know, crowdfunding effort in some particular area. Uh, my, one of my favorites, I'll only take a minute to say this, is of course the group that has been raising money for crowdfunding for opera and going around Grand Central Station and bursting out in, in a nice little opera song as you're moving and then you get this, uh, why not um, contribute to our success in the future kind of thing. So it's just so exciting to have all, using the social media in a way that can benefit so many good causes. So I think that's uh, really an important area for us to be aware of. You know, Pat, this area to amplify and build on what, what White was talking about here that, um, you know, digital means have been believed to democratize information. That back in the day, the folks at the top could kind of have all the bulk of the information that maybe wasn't known widespread. And those two websites Dwight talked about, you know, helps the information become more widespread. There's a thought too that smaller nonprofits who can't hire more people 
that perhaps digital methods of fundraising could help kind of level the playing field a little bit and strengthen their ability to fundraise. What is your perspective? And you reminded us at the outset about you know, understanding the context of fundraising. How do you think we should understand this context related to uh, technology and digital fundraising? Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I will go back to my, um, to my beginning presentation about context. Technology is evolving very quickly. And the examples that Dwight gave us are very recent examples. And maybe in six months, we're going to have some new ways of fundraising. I think the one of the, the larger points to think about for fundraisers is technology is here to stay. It is within the organization itself, and it is um, being used for the connection with donors um, and with the community at large. So what does that mean for fundraisers? That means that technology is part of their work. It is going to be an ongoing education for them because the new applications or the new platforms that come out are going to require uh, fundraisers to adjust and organizations to adjust. Yes, it also makes a lot, um, uh, I would say, new donors more available to these smaller organizations once the uh, smaller organization is staffed and skilled or has the skills within the staff to be able to use them. Um, I think it also uh, brings us towards the importance of education, continuing education, like at the fundraising school or within the numerous nonprofit programs that exist across the United States. There are over 350 programs in the United States that are addressing nonprofit issues. Um, not, not all of them are addressing fundraising, but the education is available for fundraisers and it's something for them to continually think about. It's not just, oh shoot, you know, I need to, I need to catch up. It's, it's an ongoing literacy, I would say, this digital literacy. And those of us who are of a generation that we would be considered digital immigrants, we no longer can say, mm, I can't mm -hmm. do that. That's not my thing. And if it's not your thing personally, it needs to be for your organization. And you mm -hmm. definitely need to have that skill set and that ongoing evolving awareness. Dwight, one of the other big contexts, of course, is the political divide. And we think not just in the United States, which you know, is a 50-50 nation at any given time, but even around the world, Pat's home country of France, uh, the way elections have turned out in places like Mexico, the Philippines, Poland, the Brexit vote, wherever people came down on that. And that, of course, was a very narrow decision, could have gone either way. You know, there's this thought that philanthropy can bring people together is that still happening? What's the philanthropic context for fundraising when we think about the very narrow political divides that we see, not just in the United States, but around the world? Certainly it has um, had limited opportunities and success, I would say, in philanthropy actually being the impetus for bridging the divide. Um, more grant makers are starting to put their attention to this and identifying the issue as the basis on which you build um, funding and um, engagement and not whether you're voted X or Y or um, et cetera, but rather to um, look at the issue that your organization is doing 
I mean, this has been the best example, I think, not the best, one of the best examples currently is of course, something like environmental, uh, mm. global uh, warming on how it's been used and misused in some of the local uh, politics. And um, so naturally you sort of get caught up in this. And so how to not, especially as a fundraiser for an organization, you just simply need to um, sort of wipe that question off of your uh, you know, persona and be talking with whoever the interested individual is in terms of their political stripe or non-stripe. Uh, and and simply um, really work at bringing people together around the issue. I mean, it's one of the important things that's mentioned in the, you know, that seven circle of the role of philanthropy that started out our chapter actually, uh, that has been around the fundraising for fundraising school for a long time. Um, and I think if we keep our eye on that circle and not um, get involved in what political stripe a person is or isn't, but rather how that they want to engage with your organization. So it's really important. Our fundraising is driven by the public service mission of our nonprofit organization and the cause that we're addressing. And of course, some of those nonprofits do address specific advocacy causes. Uh, but if the public service mission necessarily does not, then the fundraiser needs to be able to be adept at working in these cultures, these countries where there are these strong political divides. These are the big picture contextual issues that are raised in the fifth chapter of achieving excellence in fundraising, the fifth edition, that chapter again, the philanthropic context for fundraising. Uh, this textbook is now available through the fundraising school at a discount rate. You're also going to learn more about our public courses. You're gonna learn more about our custom training, our quarterly webinars, and these free podcasts all on our website, at philanthropy.iui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I am so grateful to my colleagues, Pat Danahy Janin, as well as Dr. Dwight Burlingame uh, for their discussion of this chapter. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stajakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.